Thanks for tuning in to the Realtor Moms podcast. We are Tasha and Jamie, full-time realtors and admittedly average moms. This is how we sell homes and try to keep our kids alive. On today's Realtor Moms podcast, we're going to be talking about Zillow and Zestimates and how to appropriately figure out the uh, list price or an approximate value on your home. Trust me when we say us realtors in the field, <laughs> we are not a fan of Zestimates. We're they, not. Uh, stay, if you're looking you know, for homes, there's better ways than looking for value on Zestimates. Right. They're not accurate for we've, many, many reasons. We've seen something out there, and, and I don't know how accurate it is. I can't even cite the source, but um, the, that has something out there that has said Zestimates are generally within 10% of an accurate number approximately 10% of the time. So yeah, <laughs> that think is, about that. That's, that's pretty poor. That's, that's a really poor number. Yeah, that's, that means they're more than 10% off 90% of the time. So um, they're not completely out there always, but uh, take them with certainly the grain of salt that they deserve. So um, since we aren't big fans of Zestimates, uh, maybe we'll give you some insight as to how we identify an appropriate list price for your home. So Tasha, how, what are some of the things that you do when you're trying to arrive at an appropriate list price? One thing I really start off with is I want to look for comparable homes that have sold. Um, and it depends on the time of year, but I do try to keep it within three to six months. If let's say you're listing your home in the fall, I'll look more along the lines of a year out. Mm -hmm. Um, but homes that have sold and I'm trying to keep this I want the style to be the same if possible I don't want to compare a rambler to a two-story or a bi-level the numbers mm -hmm. just won't be accurate I'm also looking to keep it within a mile uh, if I'm looking in town uh, to keep it within a mile range because that I try to follow what appraisers do and what how they approach their their numbers and how they come up with their market value. Right. And um, going back to when you said, when we were talking about time frames, you said you generally like to keep it between three and six months. What if somebody is looking to list their house in February? Are you looking at statistics from December? I, between Thanksgiving and, I would, and New Year's? I may look... <laughs> I'm setting you up for an answer. I here. know you're setting me up for an answer. <laughs> you know, when I am looking there, I might... If they're thinking February... I don't want to compare the uh, the homes that have, were on the market in the fourth quarter. Right. Generally speaking, the fourth quarter is going to be the slowest month of the year. So I might be more prone to look at numbers at the end of the summer mm -hmm. because the, uh, the numbers at the end of the summer might match up more closely to what sure. numbers would be in, say, a February list time yep. frame. They correlate better. Totally. They correlate. So I try to look at what trends are doing. And also, my, my advice and my feedback does change depending on if we're in a seller's market or a buyer's market. So there's quite a right. few different um, scenarios that kind of play into kind of my time frame and what comparables I'm looking for and when they sold. What, what What is your approach? Points. Because I know my approach is a little bit different than well, yours. Well, and I think part of that too is... Um, I sell a little bit more real estate outside of town. So the one mile radius doesn't necessarily always apply. No, no it does not. Um, I also sell property in Lakes Country. So something to think about when I'm looking at property, maybe in Kindred where I live or Mapleton or Castleton, is I'm comparing similar size communities and similar homes within those communities. So if I've got a two-story in Kindred that I have listed for sale, I'm probably not going to find a lot of comparable properties right in Kindred. 
Um, but I'll look to Horace and to Mapleton and maybe all the way up to Harwood. It's it's certainly farther away, but there's sort of a similar type of community with a similar distance to Fargo. And I do have to say, I've sold in those areas too, yeah. not as much as you do, but that oh, well. is the same approach I take. Right, because right. It's very specific. It's very specific. Also and... things that Zello just doesn't do. Exactly. They aren't unable to compare those kind of communities. They're just really looking within a very static uh, information set where they're just kind of canvassing entire neighborhoods and not necessarily looking for the best comparables. Sometimes when I have seen Zillow's estimates, they're not taking into consideration the style of home either. True. Yeah. Um, uh, you, it's very rare that I would com- I, I don't know if I have ever compared a buy level to a Rambler. That is, that is right. tough. It, it's just not going to be the most accurate information. Right. It really will not be. So style of home does play a factor and age of home. Mm-hmm. I want to keep it within a certain age range if I can, because when I'm coming up with my numbers, the most similar homes I can find to the home I'm trying to come up with a price range for um, is, is important because I want to make the least amount of changes in terms of differences and what that means for price as mm-hmm. possible. Right. How do you um, adjust the home or the the projected list price um, when there are similar homes like it already on the market? That are active? Yeah. Well, one thing I will do is I do base it off of closed sales, but what I like to do is kind of do a nice list view of what is currently active and then take what has been sold. And I sit down with my clients and I say, okay, here's the information on what has sold within certain timeframes. But then I also take that information and I talk about how to competitively price their home Mm -hmm. in terms of what's actively for sale. Sure. And... I go into information when I've seen homes that are quite a bit overpriced in my belief. I will talk about that information and say maybe what we want to do is approach this and have a number below that price because your home is going to be much more attractive than the one that may be overpriced. Totally. So I I, tend, I do it both ways, but at the end, of the end of the day, I just provide the information to help my client decide what is the best price for them because maybe they're okay with sitting on the market for a little while and testing out a price. Then, you know, they're the ones that make the decision. I'm just there to kind of help guide them into making the right decision for themselves. Yeah. No, that's a great point. That's a really great point. Sometimes a fast sale isn't necessarily the top of their priority. Maybe they still have to find the place that they're moving to, or maybe they're moving out of state and they need more time to get where they're going and they just want to get the process started. So yeah, timing, timing is huge. So Jamie, tell me what you do um, in terms of homes that are on the market that you're using as comparables for the homes you're trying to come up with uh, a number for. Yeah. So when, when I'm working with sellers and obviously everything that you said is perfectly on point, looking at the sold properties and the pending properties to come up with a a value, but also looking at what's currently for sale because that's your active competition. So I like to sit down with my sellers, basically pretend that we are going to go out and look at homes. So I enter in some search criteria. Maybe, maybe this house has three bedrooms and two baths, just like the one I'm going to be listing. And, um, maybe we're going to look for only homes in South Fargo, for example. Um, I will, do a search, pull up the results that end up there, and then we'll kind of comb through the listing description, some of the details. We'll talk about the special assessments and some of the other uh, little fine fine point items. And we will look through the photos 
and comb through them and kind of see where on that list our home, our, our home that we're trying to sell, it should fall. Is it, you know, is, do we perceive that its value is a little more than the, the fourth one on this list? Or is it a little less than the second one on this list? Oh, maybe it's got a nicer garage or, or some other attribute. And it kind of helps a seller place themselves in the market. So they're not just necessarily taking my word for it, but they're pretending, they're putting their, their own feet in the shoes of a buyer and uh, kind of seeing where their house will show up in a search um, that a buyer might be looking for. And that's perfect advice. Um, I know well, you, thanks, just ex- you, got, <laughs> you brought it up a little bit more in detail, but I agree that is yeah. the perfect way to go about having these conversations with where where a home should be listed. So Totally. Another thing that I, I get this question a lot, tell me if you get it too, what's a dollar per square footage uh, in town? Yes. It's, not, yes. it's such a bad question. Uh, well, it's not a bad question. It's just it's not a reliable statistical source of information we have like tasha had said lots of different styles of homes whether it be rambler with a basement rambler without a basement two stories bi-level tri-level um all kinds of different homes and to just give something value based on the livable square footage on the inside does such a disservice to its location maybe it's next to a park maybe it's got a really great garage and a awesome man or woman cave attached to it a she shed maybe it's got a she shed cheryl and there there just can be so many different attributes you're you're not taking into consideration if it's got hardwood floors or if it has vaulted ceilings or picture windows or a beautiful east and south facing sunroom or any of those things when all you're focused on is dollar per square foot so that really is not a reliable um indicator and another thing that um, is can kind of be used as a guide, but not necessarily a definitive tool for estimating a, a list price, is taxable value. Um, we kind oh, of are yes. in <laughs> in a, a weird position with taxable values. We don't want to pay any more taxes than we have to, um, so we like to see our taxable values be a little less than our market value. Um, they can kind of be a guide, but they certainly aren't the be all end all for, for what a house should be listed for at. For what the house is worth, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing I like to talk about too is depending on where you list your home, um, one thing we always have to take into consideration is what will that appraisal value come back at? Um, True. Because if you have someone that comes to, you know, if someone comes with a loan, if they make a offer on your home and it's contingent upon financing, they, you will have to have an appraisal on your right. home. And if we are priced above what that appraisal value is, mm-hmm. we, if we see that number come in $20,000 lower than, than what it should be, it's not that we're not going to try and come up with better comparables or try and work with the appraiser to try and um, get that price adjusted. But if we're not able to do so, we can't sell a home if a bank says it's not worth that amount or an appraiser does right. not say that home is worth that amount. It can definitely bring with it a host of new problems. Um, potentially a buyer could bring additional cash and the the transaction could continue as is. But a lot of times what happens when there's a large discrepancy in appraisal value compared to purchase agreement price, um, we do see some some problems with, with getting that to the finish line. Um, but that's what realtors are here for too. We're here to get you to try to get you through those uh, those rough spots as well. So to give you a little recap, enlist the help of a realtor instead of just relying on Zillow uh, to come up with appropriate market value for your home. 
really appreciate you listening to our podcast, and we'd love even more if you'd send us some content ideas. If you have a question or a topic you'd like covered, please visit our website at realtormomspodcast.com. And follow us on Instagram with hashtag realtormomspodcast. This podcast is produced by Jamie R. Swenson and Tasha Barrett of Park Company Realtors, 28 North 10th Street, Fargo, North Dakota, 58102.